Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, this is Michael Adams from Nothing But The Truth. It's um, April 11, 2015. Um, I don't know what this show's. I, I, I put some thoughts. I titled this show because I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. Um, but we have uh, Ryan Taylor with us. And um, I imagine we're, when it opens, we'll have a similar conversation that we had earlier today. Um, there were some good things that were shared by Ryan and... Um, I would like you folks to hear them as well, these those words that they shared with me. But first, uh, we'll look at some of the headlines from Yahoo.com. Looks like headline number three, how Pope Francis affects one CNN anchor. Of course, it's CNN. Um, there is something about Pope Francis that that's reawakens her faith, says CNN Carol uh, looks like uh, Costello meeting Cardinal Lacroix in Quebec showed how the Pope is putting people in place to carry out his new vision of the church. <clears throat> well, I have my thoughts about the CNN. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's not surprising that that would come out of CNN. The next one, Article 4, is Vatican. Francis in showdown over gay ambassador, AFP, three months after appointing an openly gay diplomat as Francis' ambassador to the Vatican, Paris is still waiting for the green light from Rome, with Pope Francis entering his third year in the post, some activists see, etc., etc., etc. Anyways... <clears throat> Of course, then we have another article, wherever that, traveling in the Philippines. Is it safe? Um, there, are, there is an active travel warning for the Philippines, but only in parts of the country, etc., etc. This is the Infestopedia. And anybody who's been paying attention to the show the past week, I discovered that one of the reasons why the United States and the Vatican is so interested in the Philippines is that it has the second or third largest gold reserves in the world. And they're trying to open that up. Of course, then there uh, all the saber-rattling that's going on with the joint military venture between the, the, the Philippine Army and the U.S. Army. And then you have China, and they're doing a little saber rattling right now. Why is that? Well, I'm starting to realize the reason why that is is because there's a whole bunch of gold over there. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, there was uh, a couple more, but uh, let's see, where where do I want to go with this? Yeah, China blasts Obama over military muscle in South China Sea. 
once again, the military uh, uh, joint exercises that they're having going this week. And I don't want to do any fear-mongering. I think that's all that is, is fear-mongering. I don't know what it will turn into. No one does, but... Um, obviously, gold's a big issue. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, Priest launches a new Catholic school. Chicago Tribune. Uh, Father David J. Simonetti has so far financed has so far financed the Pope Benedict the Sixteenth Academy of Excellence, which plans to open in the fall with his own money. Well, his own money. Priests must make a lot of money these days. <laughs> and what else do I really want to read? I really don't want to read anything more. Anyways, question should be asked, why is this one particular organization dominating the headlines? Do you think there might be something to it? Is it something that you and I should be concerned about? Once again, Pope in, in September is going to be having first the first day his first visit will be at the White House. Ironically, the, na- the White House, white, is named after a Jesuit priest. It's not because of the color of the building. And then the next day, a joint session of uh, Congress, first time ever that a pope um, has ever done that. And then the next day. On his itinerary, he has uh, he's going to address the UN. I don't know what it's all going to lead to, but usually it's nothing good. So, anyways, uh, yeah, me and Ryan. By the way, Ryan, how you doing? You there? Yeah, I, I muted out. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being there, man. I know you've been having a rough week, like like myself. So I appreciate you being willing to spend a, a little bit of time with me this evening at short notice. We weren't really we were we talked about doing a show, folks, but then we then I said, well, it doesn't look like it's gonna happen because I have my son and he was up very very late, late later than normal. Let's put it this way, He's, his bedtime normally was eight o'clock, and <laughs> he didn't finally go to sleep till about eleven thirty, and it's now midnight plus Eastern my time. But anyways. Uh, I do appreciate you joining me, Ryan. Um, you know, we were having a pretty interesting conversation, I thought. I appreciate you returning my phone call earlier today because, you know, I was, you know, bummed out about whether or not to do this show, but then I ended up talking to you and then getting a couple of emails that reassured me that maybe this is the right thing to do right now. But one of the things I was really bummed out about is um, the reaction that others are having. I'm not going to point any names, point out any names or in some ways, I actually understand where they're coming from, so I'm not really condemning anybody. But you know, I've been using uh, like I last night or two nights ago I used was it last night I think it was last night or two nights ago maybe that no, was last night. Chris White's uh, documentary about uh, should Christians uh, keep the Sabbath or the New Covenant, <clears throat> and then also I've been using. Um, Bible.ca and this uh, was it former uh, Adventist uh, forum or foundation or whatever it's called. I can't think of it right now. My brain's not quite working well. But anyways, 
they have a looks it looks like about an annual they get together and they have a uh, I guess it's some kind of like a seminar, if you will, where they they talk about they try to they work with uh, former Adventists and helping them to uh, overcome their uh, the poison that's been given them. I don't know any better way of saying it about the you know the Sabbath and how how vital it is for them to keep the Sabbath and that it's although they say it's not a Salvatic issue, in truth it is in their faith that if they don't keep the Sabbath, then, you know, and they don't keep on working on perfecting themselves so they won't be saved, which is contradictory to the, the gospel. So anyways, I've been using these folks because they do a good job of explaining why it's not necessary to keep the Sabbath. Why, you know, what's the difference? What's, what's new about the new covenant? What has Christ done for us? And so, you know, I, 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 uh, I've been getting at some, some emails and some uh, messages via YouTube and Facebook that you know, people, um, well, you know, they're upset that I'm using folks like Chris White, who obviously, you know, his... Well, he's a futurist. He's a dispensational futurist. He buys into the pre-trib and that the Antichrist is yet to come. And I've discovered that a lot of the evangelicals out there still have that view. And, you know, my thinking has come, at least for me, Ryan, is that, you know, I have not met anybody that has it figured out 100%. And if somebody is good at explaining say one certain issue, maybe it's, you know, why we don't need to keep the Sabbath, yet they're wrong about other issues. I don't find that a reason at this point not to share with other people that what they understand. I understand that others are finding it confusing that I'm willing to use someone like Chris White or um, Bible.ca because of their uh, stance on futurism and all that, when I'm so against it. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to hear what your comments are. But before that, I just want to explain why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I think that Chris White, like first, just did a great job explaining the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, why we don't need to keep the Sabbath anymore, that a day of the week is not gonna it's not Sylvetic, it's not gonna save us. And you know, what the curse of the law is, what Christ has actually done for us. He's wrong about other things. You know, people say that he's might even be a Jesuit in disguise or financed by the I don't know who knows. I don't know. It's not my place to judge him. I look at it this way at this point, that maybe the man is just confused about a few things, just like the rest of us. <laughs> no matter how smart and brilliant he might be. I mean I've known you know, now I've known people who have been Christians for 30, 40 years that are still struggling with things like future dispensationalism or, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, what do you think? Is it inappropriate? And you can be honest with me. You can, you know, rip me a new, rip me a new one if I need it. You can, you know, discipline me. if You, well, <laughs> you know, if, is it wrong for me to, to use someone like Chris White? or? <laughs> well, I, I would... I would, I, first of all, let me throw out my disclaimer. All right. I haven't heard the, the past uh, couple of your shows, mainly because I've been dealing with family sickness and all that. 
Um, and I don't know anything about Chris White. So there's, there's my little disclaimer. However, on just the basic, you know, premise that you're putting here, is it okay to put, you know, somebody out there who might be caught up into future dispensationalism or, you know, uh, they don't hold the Sabbath keeping as, as far as a, the Old Testament command, so on and so forth. Now, this, I think the reason why you and I had such an interesting conversation earlier today is because you and I have both been down this road yeah. of feeling like, you know, totally betrayed by what we had been taught before. In other words, you know, believing in dispensational futurism or, you know, for me, I grew up in kind of the Pentecostal charismatic movement. And coming out of a lot of that, I used to be heavy into Steve Quayle and, you know, uh, Stan Deo and L.A. Marzulli. And all. I used to be into all of that stuff, which has a lot of its ties into the Pentecostal charismatic movement, which, if you go a little bit deeper in the history, has ties to Methodist uh, and then further back to the Plymouth Brethren movement. So we, we kind of see a separation in history about 150 years ago. And you feel betrayed, you know, you feel like, whoa, wait a second, like this is, some of these movements are, are newer than Mormonism, futurism, you know, dispensational futurism and all that, those are newer, you know, and so you kind of feel like you got sucked into a, a somewhat of a cult, you know, and so you kind of go to the other end of the extreme, you kind of jump, you know, from the, maybe the liberalism side of things over to the legalistic side, or maybe for some people out there listening, it may have been from the legalistic side all the way to the liberalism side, you know, God doesn't, you know, he, he's not concerned with our sin, you know, grace covers, you know, uh, whatever we do, and that would be an improper use of law and gospel, you know, right. because it's not that we're given grace so that sin may abound, of course not, that's not at all the purpose of grace, in fact, grace should bring us humbly back to recognizing God, God's law for us appropriately, and how it's good for us, and how we can do these good things for our neighbor or, you know, uh, living out in our vocation or serving as a husband or as a father, you know, those sorts of things. So it gives us a proper distinction of law once we look at it through the lens of the gospel. But we, we can, I, I guess the reason why I'm getting into this is, you know, I have to kind of preface it first. We all have our sin to contend with. And, and one of the things that we hope for, unlike any other religion, unlike any other, you know, uh, man-made tradition can fashion, we hope for the day that we get to see Christ as he is. That is, without our sin, without our tainted flesh to distort the view, um, that we are promised, you know, a, a, the Old Testament shadow is, you know, Israel being, you know, redeemed from Egypt, being in the wilderness uh, for their unbelief, as Hebrews says, and then, you know, those being promised to enter into the, the promised land. Okay, right. now this is all type and shadow of what we get to experience here in life. We're rescued from our sin and death, and we, you know, we have this, this time in the flesh that we're contending with, you know, uh, the flesh wanting to pull us away from God with our unbelief. And, and, and this is kind of an important part, that, that our faith and our hope and our trust is in what lies ahead, Romans 8. You know, it's not what this life has to offer, but what we've been promised in the next life, in eternal life. And that is not only to know God, but to know Christ as He is and be without our sin. Now, the reason why I'm prefacing that is it's important, it's important to distinguish this stuff. When we have our eyes fixed upon that, now we can correctly take, you know, we can actually take a look at life as we're living it now in the flesh, here and now on earth, 
or in earth, as Christ said, you know, we are, we are kind of battling with those things, whether it be idolatry, sin of our heart and mind, you know, the inward sins that, that maybe other people can't see, but we know we're guilty of before God, you know, and, and those sorts of things, including our errors. You know, it is a sin to have doctrinal error, you know, because we know that the Bible says there's, there's truth, and then there's basically everything else. And so we, you know, we aren't perfected here and now. Uh, we aren't trying to perfect ourselves here and now. We totally trust God, not only in His forgiveness for our salvation, but in His patience and His mercy uh, with us during our sanctification. During, you know, this is just the, the way that Paul put it, you know, sanctification is our refining or our chastening. You know, God is raising up little children, and we are His little children. And so some of us are, you know, at a different place than maybe other Christians are. And that ultimately, with all that premise kind of set, set up there, we can now say, well, what does the Bible say unifies us? What, what is it that unifies us? Is it, is it our ecclesiastical practices, you know, uh, only singing psalms in service or, you know, where we put the coat rack or, you know, do we use a piano or, you know, uh, you get what I'm saying? You know, in other words, those things will kind of lead us, you know, uh, what day of, uh, you know, do we, do we practice for you know, the Sabbath or Lord's Day. But Paul makes it very clear. And Paul isn't the only one, but Paul makes it, he puts everything in a, in a kind of in a nutshell for us. He puts the gospel in a nutshell for us in 1 Corinthians 15. And he puts the, the gospel, or sorry, the, uh, the thing that unifies the body in a nutshell for us. And again, so did Jesus, but using Paul here, essentially, the gospel as it was delivered to him is what unifies us. And so when we have people preaching a different gospel than that which Paul preached, which is essentially the doctrines of grace, you know, that, Christ, that God is the one sovereignly ruling over the hearts and minds of his creation, and that he is, he is showing by his mercy those whom he wills, and that he is basically, you know, at this time, straining sin, you know, this is called common grace, and that there are those who he is not revealed himself to for purposes of revealing his justice. And, right. you know, this is known as Calvinism, but I'm not, I'm not trying to get into that necessarily. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is I want, you know, obviously people would know where my stance is. I want them to know that I'm coming at it from that historic perspective, you know, but what unifies us is the gospel. And why that matters is because for various reasons unknown to us, you know, in various denominations that we can't pick and choose, God has revealed himself to his people. And for whatever his reasons are, he's using that as a means of, you know, showing his mercy or showing his justice. Right. So there are some people who might be stuck in parts of, you know, uh, for example, some of my issues with Lutheranism is they kind of have their, they kind of have their toes kind of dabbled still, you know, they, they kind of keep some of their feet in uh, the uh, kind of Roman Catholicism. Their leanings are a little bit that far. And then, you know, we can go to the other extremes with some of the other denominations. But the, the unity comes from the gospel. And so there might be people who can do a faithful biblical teaching on, you know, Sabbath, you know, or on, you know, uh, the proper distinction between law and gospel and how that applies 
in our practical life as a, as a father, as a husband, or whatever the topic. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, um, to be thrown out. You know, what we stand against, what we oppose verbally, is any other gospel that's preached aside from the one that's delivered to us. You know, and that, that's important to recognize that, you know, all, all fruit, as Jesus put it, is, 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 is uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, bore, you know, or we all bear fruit depending on the root that, that we're established in. Right. You know, that is what I'm trying to get across here. So if we're establishing the gospel, then we'll bear fruit. You know, as Luke puts it, we'll bear fruit in keeping with our repentance. Okay, well, someone who preaches a different gospel, well, you're going to start seeing fruit that they bear that, that maybe has a form of godliness, you know, maybe sounds biblical, but ultimately points you back to you and your law-keeping you know, or points you back to the shadow and not the substance that is Christ. Right. Uh, this would be, you know, again, forms of law-keeping or behavioral modification. And those are all dangerous, dangerous things, you know, because we know that the heart is naturally compelled to follow after those things. You know, I, I heard somebody put it uh, once, uh, Dr. Sylvan, uh, Stephen Dilde. Um, Dr. Stephen, I can't get this right. It's it's not that late here, but my mouth is not working right. Dr. Stephen Dilde, and you can okay. find him on Sermon Audio, great, great preacher. He put it this way, Roman Catholicism is the perfect religion for fallen man because it allows, it, it, it allows men to hide their guilt, to kind of appropriate some, some rationalization before God through the various means that Roman Catholicism offers. Well, I think we have a, a biblical fulfillment in, you know, the papacy and the man of sin, the son of perdition, the antichrist. We have a we have a visible fulfillment that allows us to see, you know, what apostasy looks like when it's full blown. So now taking this model of looking at, you know, Roman Catholicism and the papacy, we can kind of branch off from there, or the way Revelation puts it, you know, the the the, the daughters of the whore of Babylon. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we could take a look at the daughters and say, hmm, you know, there's there's a similarity here. You know, they're, they're, this preacher is is not taking the biblical text and allowing it to speak for itself. But this person is trying to get me to kind of look into myself to find my purpose. You know, well, that's not biblical. We, we shouldn't be looking into ourselves. First of all, we're subjective, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You looking into yourself, you might find something different than what I would find, and both may be just as wicked. But when we look objectively to Christ, and we look objectively, uh, objectively through the Bible, well, then that takes us away from ourselves and away from looking at ourselves. And again, for example, our law keeping. You know, so I, I guess hopefully I've kind of kind of set it up for you know whatever direction you want to go. But that's essentially kind of what I was trying to hit on in our conversation earlier is that all things are united under the gospel. So if I find out Chris White, you know, is preaching a different gospel, he might be right on some other doctrinal issues, but my main concern, not only for him, but for everyone who listens to him, would be the gospel, you know? And, uh, but that isn't to say that, you know, uh, I, and that, again, I know nothing about Chris White, so I, I you know, I, I can say neither here nor there, but that should be the primary focus for us as Christians is what is that root? 
what are they preaching as the gospel? Then we can take into consideration what else they're teaching. Right. And some people might faithfully preach the gospel and get a few other things wrong. And we can't go after them. We can only go after them as to what Scripture says. And we can only go after them to the extent that we, we vocally express and, and read the text of Scripture and say, hey, you know, this is what the Bible teaches and this person is teaching this. And, you know, the enemy would have us believe, uh, especially in today's, you know, situation where it's just, it's, you know, we live in a rough, we live in a rough day. I mean, point blank, but we should see the mercy of God in this, that first of all, he's, the gospel is still being preached and historic Christianity is still being defended. And it doesn't matter if it's in the majority or the minority, God is glorified either way. And we rejoice and we pray. God for his deliverance, not only for us, but for those whom he has chosen from before the foundation of the world. And the fact that this thing is all still going on proves that God is a patient, merciful, loving, redemptive God. But just as much as he is those things, he is a God of justice. And so we get to also see that side of things, not only in creation itself and and its decay. You know, the Bible says that all of creation cries out for that day that he returns, that Christ returns, you know? So I, I have a little, I have a little quip, a little saying that, you know, if you, if you don't have anyone to preach to, Michael, you know, go outside and preach to your rocks, you know, you go <laughs> preach to the tree because they yeah. long and they yearn with you for that day that we get to be reunited with Christ without all this nastiness to deal with. And yes, we are all guilty of false doctrine, but by God's grace and by his mercy and according to his, timing in his will, he will chasten us. He will encourage us away from those things through forgiveness, according to the gospel, right? As again, as Luke put it, in keeping with repentance and trusting that Christ's sacrifice was enough to atone for us and to bring us back to not only reconciliation with God, but getting us on the right path and walking with him. You know, so I'll take a breather here, let you kind of, kind of, you know, tell me what you think of that and kind of see where you want to go with it from here. Well, I, I don't know. I guess for me, it's, I, I'm thinking about those who listen to this show and I have compassion and empathy for them and the confusion that they might get from me using someone like uh, Chris White. Like you say, you, you don't know him, but trust me, he is somebody who believes in the pre-trib and the seven-year tribulation and all this stuff, and, he, he, and that the, the future Antichrist and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but there's a lot of e- evangelicals that do, and that what I find with evangelicals that I, not all of them, but some of them, especially those who have um, who've spent some time studying the thing, you know, things like the Sabbath and the New Covenant, is that they do have a good message to share about that. <clears throat> and uh, although uh, maybe I didn't do a good enough job when I was playing um, uh, Chris White's, you know, little uh, YouTube um, channel documentary or whatever it is to show um, his teaching, I guess you will. About that, you know, ex- explain to the others that, you know, that they're, you know, Chris is right. I feel that Chris is right about this, but he's wrong about that type of thing. You know, he's wrong about his his dispensation of futurism stuff, 
but he's right. I feel he's right on the money. I think he did a good job of explaining um, what Christ has done for us, why the old Mosaic law has been done away with, that the new law, that is, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Um, I, don't, I don't think I said that right. I mixed it up with my apologies. But in the other, you know, love your brother or your neighbor as yourself type of thing, that the new law is something that I think is even a more higher law. Uh, not not because it's Christ putting faith in Jesus Christ, but letting Him do, you know, the work that we can't do. That um, yeah. you know, in a way, right. you know, He's He's the new covenant. He's the one. He's the He was the one. He was the only one who could who could fulfill the old law. It lived it to the point. He, he, he was perfect, and the whole old law. Yeah, everything. All the the. The Sabbath and everything leads us to, and all these Ten Commandments, at least how I see it, leads us to Christ. Leads us to realize that we are sinners and we need a Savior, and that we, we can't do this on our own. So, But anyways, I think he did a good job, and I think other folks like him done it. And I know that people have been kind of, um, well, I know because I've been getting messages about it, you know, that they're upset that I'm using folks like them and they, they, they're confused by the fact that I'm doing that after I brought up the fact, you know, how over and over again in the show about dispensation, you know, futurism, how it's false and this whole thing is, that's going on, but a future antichrist is, it's not biblical. <clears throat> and what I'm hoping, but you know, I can't, I don't have any control over the, the issue as far as others, but I'm hoping that people can start to see, there's a couple important lessons here by allowing someone like Chris White on the show, even though it's not an interview, but I'm, you know, I'm sharing his recording, is that people can start to use discernment and hear the truth, see the truth, and see the error, and forgive the messenger for his errors, and just focus on that which is truth, that which leads us to Christ, that is part of the gospel. And, you know, if the guy is wrong about this, can we forgive him for being wrong? Can we let go of that? Can we focus on what is the truth? And can we let go of the error? Because you know what? I've been guilty of it on this show myself. In fact, just I, the only person so far, Ryan, that hasn't been guilty of it is you on this show, probably. Everyone on this show has been has shared truth and has shared some error. You know, I'm asking yeah. people to, to forgive me for my error, help me to work things out too. Uh, you know, but it's just, it's, it's just I don't know. I, I'm coming to the realization, like for instance, the whole thing about the Sabbath. I was sharing this with somebody else, and I, you know, I, you know who I'm talking about. But I don't need to make it a public thing because I respect the guy an awful lot. But he was concerned about the fact that I was using Chris Wright and that it was, you know, it's confusing, seemed confusing to him. How could I do this? Well, I'm hoping the reason why you can see what people will see the reason why I'm doing this is because Chris Wright did a good job explaining the difference between the Sabbath and the new covenant. Now he's wrong about the future antichrist based on my studies and what other people have done, you know, like including yourself, you've kind of realized based on what the former reformers say, what history says, what the Bible says, that the you know, the Antichrist has always been here with us, 
We know that to be the papacy. Okay, great. Now we know that. Now we can stay away well, from that. We can warn. We can warn people. We can stay away from that. That false religion, and we don't have to be living in some kind of fantasy future thing. But now we still got other things we need to work on. One of the things is is this whole thing of what happens to us. Many of us. I'm not saying you, Ryan, but many of us who discover who the Antichrist is, the papacy. We, then we get drawn in to this. Yep. Sabbath thing, this legalism, the complete opposite, yet it is actually the same thing. It's, it's the great irony. Go ahead. We, we, have to, we, we have to say why, though. We have to say why. This is, this is a crucial part here. And I'll only speak for myself, okay? I, I don't want to speak for, for anyone else, but I'll speak for myself. And I, I, I think, you know, if we need to go to the text, then there's no issue with that. Okay. You know, this is, this is a very key part. Why do we go back to our law keeping? You, what you just said is that when Antichrist is revealed to us, there's kind of a, a kind of a panic that uh-huh. sets in where we're like, "Whoa!" And look at look at what you know. I mean, okay, let's remember John as this is being revealed to him. He's kind of being revealed the kingdom here, uh, and not and not in the good sense, you know. And he goes to bow down and worship it because he just thought it was the most amazing thing ever. And you know, the angel of the Lord essentially Jesus says, "Hey." What are you doing? You know, this, no, 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 we're not, we're not worshiping this. We have to keep in mind here that, that yes, when our eyes are open to this reality, it can be scary. Oh yeah. It's very scary. (laughs) It's for most people, it's extremely, you know, for most people it's extremely scary. And then there's that natural reflex that man does, as you said, you brought up. It goes from being, it goes from being worshiped to abhorred. You know, like completely we're repulsed by it. Now, here's the thing. Here's the distinction. Where is our belief? Where is our faith? Do we believe that as this is being revealed to us, that we are not only forgiven our own trespasses, but that we also are, that God is able to sustain us here and now, no matter how bad it is, whether we're under extreme persecution as, as the Protestant Reformation went through and earlier the proto-Protestants went through, or in our relative time of peace, although we see that slipping away, is God in control or not? Where is our faith? Where is our belief to know that not only as he sits upon his man-made throne, that God is seated upon a much higher throne, and, God, and Jesus at his right hand to soon return to judge the living and the dead, he rules and reigns sitting at the right hand of God even today. And the gospel is going forth. Now, my question is, is it for Chris White here is this, Michael. If, if, if he hasn't heard that the papacy is the Antichrist, then how will he know to teach it? And if he's rebuked that teaching, then he's in error in that regard. But nowhere in Scripture does it say that somebody who doesn't know who that person is is condemned forever. No, it says that the man who comes with a different gospel whether it be an angel or any other sort of, you know, uh, you know, figure, if they come preaching a different gospel, that's the one, okay? And the right. ones who go against the, the teaching of Scripture and the doctrines of grace and salvation, uh, they were rebuked by Paul, the Judaizers, you know, the, those who tried to come into the church and say, you know, oh, you know, this is, you know, just basically permission to, uh, to have fun because we're not under that anymore. And they were rebuked, so I would say the liberalists. Okay, the, 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 my point here is, is 
our unbelief makes it impossible for us to trust that as this is being revealed to us, that God still is in control. And that the gospel, this is my key point, the gospel is sufficient. It is powerful, Michael. Listen, the gospel is not only what saves men, but it's what God is using to rebuke and to literally whip Satan. Okay? The gospel is powerful. And the gospel that it was given to us in Scripture, that is the key. Why does Richard Bennett not go on and on and on about, you know, the soon coming impending doom? Instead, he presents the gospel. He tells you who Antichrist is as if he's drinking a cup of coffee, okay, because God delivered him from that. Yeah. God delivered him from Now, he's serious about it. Don't get me wrong, okay? I, I get a little passionate in my discourse here. Don't get me wrong. Richard Bennett is very serious about it, as he should be, but he, he properly distinguishes the two. He tells you who it is, and then he moves on to what the gospel is and how, they, how it is a stark contrast, how they are in opposition to one another, and how the gospel reigns and rules supreme over Antichrist, even though it appears as though Antichrist is having the victory. How in the world can an instrument of God's wrath, Satan himself, who can't even rebel, rebel against God's will, All right. take over the world? How can he do it? God is using Satan. Satan desires to rebel against God, and God is simply using that to show his justice. All right. you, God, what Satan means for evil, God takes that and uses it for good. It's Joseph, one of the, one of the greatest type, uh, typological figures of Christ in the Old Testament, type and shadow. We have Joseph. And what does he say? What my brothers meant, what, what they meant to do for evil how Satan tried to take this and, you know, ruin everything with it. God used it for good. God used it for his glory. Well, that's what all of his creation will do. Ultimately, right. that is, that's being done right before our very eyes. So, okay, I'm, I'm starting to ramble now, and I, we, we weren't, we weren't going to do a super long one, so I'll, I'll stop there. But that, that's a key distinction. When we start going back to the law, that shows our unbelief. That shows our lack of faith in the gospel and its power to not only redeem us, to sanctify us, but, but primarily and of first most importance, save us. You know, well, so that, that's part, really all. Part, a big part of his unbelief, and another element in all this is a lack of understanding what the gospel really is and what Jesus really has done for us and who he really is. And that, you know, this is, uh, like you said, you know, men, what was the saying? You said somebody said something about men are idolaters by nature. Oh, Calvin. Yeah, paraphrasing Calvin, he said that men by nature are, you know, what comes out of them is an idolatry factory. We just create new idols every, every chance we can. Yeah, so there, and then there's this thing about you know, so you, you discover how absolutely screwed up, wicked, and <clears throat> the world is, and you like so. There's this natural reflex that man has, has that we all have, based on our ignorance and our lack of faith. <clears throat> that oh, maybe if we keep the Sabbath, if we get back to the old law. If we start doing, you know, if we start doing things, that somehow it's going to change the course of history. When, if you actually really take the Bible for what it says, the Word of God, it, it already tells you what the course of history is going to be like. And that, you know, <clears throat> our options are pretty much 
you know, do you really put your faith in God and, and believe in what he said is going to happen, who he is, and what the solution is? And this solution is something bigger than uh, what he has to offer, something bigger than what's on this earth, this life here that we have. There's something eternal, much more greater. If we just have faith in him, believe in what he says, and just put our faith in him, and regardless of what happens, and not only that, I mean, we, we, already, we already know what's going to happen. We know that the fall of the final empire is Rome, and this, things are just going to get bad until Christ finishes it, when it's his time to finish it. And <laughs> so what do you do? Yeah. I mean, but, so I think that what I see myself and seeing others is just because you we figure out all this stuff, God reveals to us, who the Antichrist is, what Rome's all about, what the world's really about, that somehow we think that we can manipulate God, that we can control him. Somehow if we all, you know, keep the Sabbath and the perfect keeping the commandments and pray perfectly and do everything that we, that we think, you know, somehow we're going to appease him and make things right. When he already told you, he already told us in Scripture what, it, what he wants from us. You know, I mean, the one thing, you know, uh, was it John three sixteen, right? I mean, over and over again, people. It's like most most of verses, but one of the most profound verses. You know, God so loved the world, gave only begotten Son, and we believe in Him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? Um, that that's it. I mean, yeah. but it's hard for us to, to to think. I know what it is. You know, I mean, that's all I have to do is just. But you know, it's, it it takes oh, oh, it takes it, it takes it does take effort to really be. Start to believe, and I really think that a lot of times what happens, like I like to always say myself, my own personal experience, by failing at trying to keep the law, I realize how bad of a sinner I really am, how much I need a savior, and this whole process is just convincing me more and more, uh, teaching me more and more what it means to actually have to believe in Jesus, who He says He is, who Jesus Christ is, and um, I know it's a hard. Well, remember. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm sorry, man. I, I go ahead and finish your thought there. I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm just saying. I, I understand. I know how difficult it is for for many of us. Most of us, it, it, it's, it will always be a challenge for us um, to just really put our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, I really think that's enough. I really, you know, that'll, <laughs> I, you know, that's the, see, that's just, the right, that's the right focus. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's a, it's a lifetime effort right there. That's a lifetime. And that's what God, that's what God wants, Michael. He wants our, what did, what did Jesus, you just quoted John three sixteen, okay? Right. What does what John 3 start off with? Nicodemus, asking right. about how we can be born again. Do we go back in the mother's womb or work Jesus and Jesus pretty much says wait a second you know you you are a, a Pharisee you know you you're well trained in scripture and you don't understand this concept okay first of all the gospel was prophesied in the Old Testament right. and it was being fulfilled in Christ so the new covenant it wasn't something new as in you know brand spanking new it was new in that it had been prophesied in the Old Testament to happen and Christ was fulfilling it so the New Testament literally was told to us that it was coming and that it would be fulfilled in the Messiah, Daniel 9. So now we don't have to say, oh, like, uh, you know, Jesus came so that we could keep the law, you know, because then what point is, what did Christ come for then? 
Why didn't just God give us the ability to keep the law? See, this is all being argued and debated in the Old Testament. Paul's arguing his own points in most of it, but even Peter being rebuked and then kind of sharing his lessons through the epistles and, and, and at being indwelt by God the Holy Spirit to speak the words of God for you and I to read in 2015. I guess, the, I guess the point of what I'm getting at here is that is the focus. You know, John 3, Jesus said, I must be lifted up. In fact, he didn't actually refer to himself, which is kind of interesting, but he was, he was saying that he, the Son of Man, must be lifted up as the serpent was in Moses' day. Okay, remember when Moses, you know, had to do the whole serpent thing? Okay, Christ said that he must be lifted up in that. Okay, now, first of all, the serpent was essentially on a cross in the wilderness, and Christ was lifted up on a cross. Okay, so, I mean, Christ is literally prophetically telling you it's going down. Like, he's fulfilling it. He's come to fulfill this very thing. And then it goes on later, past John 3.16, to say, you know, essentially that God... Christ and in the world that condemn the world, they're condemned already. Those who don't believe are condemned already. God came to, God sent Jesus to redeem his people by lifting up the Son of Man, okay? And then John the Baptist finishes off John 3, essentially lifting up Christ and pointing to Christ as Messiah and, you know, exactly who he was prophesied to be, okay? Because, you know, people were trying to say that John the Baptist was this person who's like, no, 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 not even worthy you know, tie shoelaces, so on and so forth. It's it's him. It, he is the one. Christ is the one. Okay, so that being said, we must lift him up. And it takes everything within our physical fleshly beings. In fact, we, it can't be done in the flesh. It can only be done in the spirit. Right. Okay? And flesh and subjection to the spirit, that is what, where we walk by faith and not by sight. Hey, you know, my my good works are not for, you know, for God and reconciling me with God, therefore my neighbor, therefore my family, therefore that I get to freely do them for the sake of others without selfish intent. You know, if you're keeping Sabbath in order to keep right with God, your motives are selfish. You know, this is what Christ, the liberty of Christ is supposed to mean, is that you have been freed from that in order that you might do it for others. And I can, I can go through this text. I mean, we can, we can walk through the Olivet Discourse. We can walk through how the law condemns us in our heart and not just the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments of the inward part of man. Jesus then condemned the inward part of man, said the greatest commandment, right, uh-huh. that you love God. Well, good luck with that, Michael. Are you going to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul? <laughs> it's impossible. That means every waking thought needs to be godly. It means every waking action, or even sleeping, if you want to go, if you want to take it to the extreme, needs to be for God and for loving God. Well, Jesus just condemned the whole world of that statement. Then he says, and the one like it is to love your neighbor. Now, do you love God and love your neighbor as you ought? No. The proper use of the law here is to bring in Christ and say, but Christ has loved God and Christ has done for us all that God required, now we get to freely, now we get to freely with liberty, get to do that not for our selfish gain, not for our personal gain, but for the sake of others. And see that, and that is, that is essentially Christ in us. He did right. that very thing for us. So we can rebuke according to Scripture, we can exhort, we can edify, we can, you know, instruct, and those are all necessary things. 
but to simply hammer away at the law, or what I like to call a whip. You know, when you take some of God's truth and you start whipping God's people with it, I don't want to be anywhere near you. That's not a good place to be. That is not how we're supposed to use the law. You know, it's, you know it, there's no doubt about it. Histor- history has made it very clear. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, as a part of the, the body of Christ, you know, they're not disconnected or disjointed. We're unified with them. They tell us who Antichrist is. They tell us to look for scriptures, or to, they tell us to look to the scriptures for our instruction, to rely on it as our authority, as God's spoken and revealed written word to us. Okay, so that's what we do. And when we get away from that, we have every right to rebuke somebody. You know, but my point is, is then what unifies us? What, what brings us together? Law-keeping? Well, that's what man likes to do. You know, hey, you keep the Sabbath on Saturday? Cool. We're, we're now, hey, we're, we're a new clique. Anyway, I'm rambling again. No, not only, not only that, but the law-keeping thing, <laughs> I can't, I, it's amazing because it's like the most confused, uh, divisive thing that uh, man does because no one can figure it out or agree on it. And when they do, it's usually uh, at the expense of others. So, you know, because yes. you're, not, you're not doing this, doing that, doing that, then, you know, you're not good enough to be with us, and you're not for, you know, you know, you know the heck with you, you know, you're, uh, you're not a real Christian. And it, it, it's, it's, where's the love in that? You don't, you don't have the brother? spirit. You don't have the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the spirit or you're... And I, you know what I would say is, how can you see the invisible things of God? You know, you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell somebody they don't have the spirit, my question is is how do you see that? The Bible says I can't even see my own heart. What you can then see, you know, this is why it's important that we utter with our mouths the very words of Scripture. Yeah. You know, and not start going off into our own thoughts about who we think people are. So this, you know, I want to read to you if we get a chance, and if it's all right, we don't have to do it right now. But I'll let you keep talking here. But this kind of lines up with Philippians two. You know, and just reading, you know, what God's Word has to say about how, you know, just one aspect of it. I mean, if I had time and, and kind of knew sure, we were going down the sure. road. Sure, you can read Philippians, too. It's a, certainly a good one to read, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, if you want to, that'd be fine. Um, if you want to, go ahead. I mean, I don't know. We're kind of, I think, using some Word of God to, to solidify this message tonight. I guess what I want to get at is the, the reason on this the the reason why I'm using folks like Chris White and others that seem to contradict what I'm sharing is because of the thing, that which they're sharing, which is what you're saying too, that which unifies us, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. If he, you know, I I have to at least I see this. I might be wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong or not. I have to learn to love a guy, appreciate a man like Chris Boy, even though he is flat out he's teaching something completely wrong when it comes to this future dispensationalism. And I've proved it over and over again. I know that. It's not in Scripture. Like you said, it comes from the Brethren. It comes from the Plymouth Brethren on, you know, the Jesuits. I know that. I don't know that he knows that or doesn't know that. But what I do know is that his message about what Christ had done for us, I, at least how I feel, at least what I'm seeing and what I'm reading, is right on the money. 
and should be shared. And that, I guess, if we as the body of Christ have to learn how to appreciate that which is truth coming out of someone and, and distinguish that which is error, and if we have the opportunity to correct them or you know, rebuke them or whatever, to do it. But, you know, should we just isolate ourselves? Should we just wait until the perfect situation happens? Or do we say, listen, listen to this man. Listen to what he has to say about this. I strongly recommend you forget the other stuff. He's wrong about that. But listen to what he's actually saying the truth. Can you start to develop the power of discernment where you can start hearing the truth from there? You know what I mean? Can you forgive me or anyone else who's in the body of Christ for saying that which is wrong and accepting that which is right? You know what I mean? And if it goes in line with what you're saying, which is basically what truly unifies us, which is not the law, which is not how you live, it's not how you look, it's not how much money you have, it's not how brilliant you are, it's not how right you are about things, what unifies us is the, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is what unifies us, what he's done for us. And, yeah. Well, and, what, are the, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Not, not the fruits of us. See, we like, to take, we like to attribute to ourselves that which only belongs to the Holy Spirit. But what does the Bible say the fruits of the Holy Spirit are? Well, they're the, the, what faith, love, what? Patience. Patience, self-control. Right? So now all of a sudden that kind of, see, this is why I like Richard Bennett, you know, because this man shows the fruits of the Spirit in his teachings. He not only points you to Christ, calls you out of apostasy, reveals Antichrist, but he does so properly. So he's not trying to pull you into his thing. He's not trying to pull you, you know, you know in his direction. In fact, I, I kind of wish the guy would do more stuff, you know, because, I mean, you know, I, I feel like he doesn't do enough, you know, but I mean, he is older and, and what he has done is obviously what, what God has, you know, given him grace to do. But, but my point is, is, you know, that is, those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter who we're, we're talking to. You know, for example, I could be patient, kind, gentle, all those things. And then somebody pull out my little idol, you know, or somebody start trampling on my little, you know, my little thing. And all of a sudden you'll see those fruits go bye-bye real quick. You know, and see, that's what we have to kind of gauge things on is, or I shouldn't say kind of, that's what we need to be gauging things on. If Paul the Apostle wasn't above the Bereans checking him, and by the way, they were using Old Testament scriptures to test what Paul was saying in the gospel he preached, which is kind of fascinating because that means the gospel was presented in the Old Testament. But anyway, even Paul the Apostle wasn't above that. So Chris White isn't above being corrected and isn't, you know, but nobody is. Nobody is. Not, I mean, anybody who preaches and teaches God's word are all subject to its authority, whether it comes from the lowliest person, you know, or from, you know, a higher person. It, it doesn't matter. We're all equal in the body of Christ, but serving in different roles. And so, yes, I understand that there needs to be Martin Luther's out there who kind of take a, a bit of a stronger tone, and perhaps a more sarcastic one. In fact, that kind of tends to be my leaning. You know, I like to go in that direction. I mean, when the guy's saying, you know, when the Pope passes gas, should we all just inhale it as if it's, you know, the wind of God? I mean, that's a pretty strong, pretty strong sarcasm there. You know, there are Martin Luthers out there who use a little bit more of a sharp tone. But then there's people out there who, you know, 
like Richard Bennett, who are being used in, in more of a, you know, anyway, my point is, is corrected by scripture here, not back into law keeping, not back into sacramental things. You know, we can, we can turn just about anything uh, that we want into something good. And that, that's what Calvin meant by idolatry factory. We'll just take a fig leaf and turn it into a justification before God instead of the lambskin that only God would accept. You know, we, we can take, you know, the words of Scripture and turn it into our own imagination, and we've done away with the whole purpose of it. You know, we can take Christ, or we can, sorry, we can take the shadow and Christ with it, you know, with our law-keeping and stuff. And, uh, again, I might be, I don't mean to ramble here, but this, this is such a big deal to me because I went down this road, and I think that's where you and I kind of, you know, where we kind of have been talking and kind of working through this stuff is we kind of went down this together and realized, kind of started scratching our heads saying, wait a minute, this kind of feels like the same old thing, just with new information added, you know, and God was merciful to kind of pull us back out of that and remind us, hey, there's, I got a reason for this. You know, I, I have a reason for some people not knowing and some people coming to know this and, and uh, you don't know their hearts and you don't know my plan. You just simply get to look to me. You get to live out the blessed gospel that has been given to you. You get to share it with people around you. You get to, you know, you get, that's the joy and freedom we have. But also we have the authority. We have a responsibility that is, uh, is you know, very simple. And that's anyone who opposes the gospel, we mark them, we avoid them. We call them out. We tell them, no, 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 you don't get to do that. You don't get to put people back in under the law, or you don't get to people that, you know, it right. does, God doesn't, God has somehow changed and doesn't care and all that other stuff. You get, you get this, you get what I'm saying. So, yeah. So for just, 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 just to recap or just to finalize uh, the question that I have that I pose to you, which is that, uh, is it wrong to use someone? Like a, a, I know you don't you you don't know Chris White's work, and a lot of his work I don't particularly like. But this particular thing, it was good to share. Is that wrong to do that? Is, is it wrong to, and in any way, in any level, is it wrong to? Uh, it's, I know there's I, there's the impression that people get is that somehow I'm supporting Chris White when I'm not necessarily supporting his ministry as much as the message that he had to, to share about the importance of the new covenant and what Christ did for us. Is it wrong in any level that I use uh, one of his videos? Well, I would simply put if he preaches the gospel, uh, no. You know, somebody who preaches the gospel is in the body, or as far as we can tell, and we're not to judge that. So if he's preaching the gospel, then I, you know, I would say as a practical answer, instead of kind of a, you know, a general one, a practical answer here would be, you know, I think it's, I think it's wise to put a disclaimer out there saying, look, in regard to this subject, in regard to this topic, like, he's in alignment with Scripture, I'm going to use his preaching here. And you can back it up with other other people if you'd like. You know, you can go back to 
you know, historic Christianity and back up your point, or you can just simply leave it there and say, look, I don't agree with the guy on everything, but there it is. I, he's, you know, he's in line with not only historic Christianity, but with what scripture is saying and what the unified body of Christ has practiced for thousands of years, you know, but I disagree with him on this other stuff. And I think it's good to do that. It's, it's, we're afraid to do that nowadays. We're, we want to look for the perfect person to lift up, and they're out there, so then we put it upon ourselves to be that perfect person, and then we're in the source of all kind of different errors. And that's not a good thing, you know. So I would say you know, simple answer, which I'm not very good at giving, is no, you know. But if he teaches a different gospel, um, I, that's where I would struggle to, to put anybody up. You know, if they're like, well, they kind of teach, they kind of, they teach the gospel, you know, this gospel and, but I agree with him on this issue. We should be, we should be concerned with that. You know, we, I don't think we should be pro- promoting people who, you know, contradict uh, the gospel, you know, but uh, anyway, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. I don't think it does. I think it, you have been over and over again answering it, but it's just, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, um, it's it's probably in the end of the day it's probably more of just personal issues of my own as far as um what I want now this that's you know the key to all this is what I want <laughs> which is the wrong way of going about it and I'm probably causing myself and others more grief because of it than necessary is that, you know, I want people to see thing see it the way I see it and you know and um I, I don't know. I guess I just uh, I just wanted to make sh- to um, have you share with others. You know, you know. I guess the thing is, is like come down to, is that I'm kind of tired of always knocking people, always finding the fault. It's kind of nice once in a while to find that which they're right about. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, I mean, it gets, and um, and at some point, you just like, if it's kind of like what you were sharing with me earlier today. You know, if 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 we wait until we find that group of people that that agrees in everything that we see or agree with, well, we're almost like creating our own little cult. We're no different than the Seventh Day Adventists or anybody else, for that matter. <clears throat> And we need to we need to be willing to, um, especially when it comes to the essentials, the gospel. If somebody is preaching that, which is true, you know, support that. And I don't have to support. Nobody has to support uh, that which is error. You know. And, you know. No, we should call it out. Yeah, we should. Sure. We should call it out for for not only not only for the benefit of the people listening. You know, that, that's why Jesus called out error, was not necessarily to save the Pharisees, because he pretty much told them that they were of their father, the devil, you know, yeah. but he was doing so for the sake of others, for the sake of those listening. But because we're not Christ, and because, you know, we don't have the ability to see those things, we're simply told to just go off of what they're saying. You know, that's it. And yeah. yes, by what they're doing, but I'm, I'm trying to keep this in context here. You know, when Rome pretends to agree with us on our gospel, we can clearly see that by their deeds, they don't. That, sure. you know, that's a totally separate context. In regards to, you know, those professing the gospel of Christ, 
we aren't we aren't exposed to their hearts. We don't see if they're meaningful or if they're sincere. But we can say, hey, they're preaching the doctrines that are found in Scripture, and they're they're lining up with our historic brethren and sister in Christ. Like, but they're in error in this regard. And by the way, we're all in error. So if somebody hadn't corrected me about my views of futurism, I wouldn't do anything. You see that? I mean, that's why I'm thankful to God for presenting the truth to me in that regard and confirming it not only with historic Christianity, but with scripture. So I've been pulled away from that error. Okay. But then I also fell into some of other areas of error. And again, so putting somebody up that's presenting, you know, truth, uh, I don't know how we can go wrong there, but, but trying to present somebody, uh, trying to put somebody up that's nothing but truth. Good luck with that. You know, there, I don't know a man on this, the face of the earth that has that. Well, it's, I don't either. I don't. Either. I don't either. That's the, the issue. The issue comes down to that. It's like, well, you know, as I as I pursue the truth, nothing but the truth. I'm discovering that, uh, that just like myself, uh, everyone else I'm running across has their their pluses and their minuses. They have things that they're right on and things that they're wrong about. And uh, to not well, not. Knox and Calvin and Luther all agreed on who the papacy was. In fact, m- most of historic Christianity does. I, I don't know if it's it, the, there is so such a few and small group. It's so minute that I can't even I can't even remember their names. Right. That most of Christianity has agreed on who the Antichrist was. But you know, it's funny they they disputed and debated. I mean, Luther didn't agree with Knox on all ecclesiastical matters, and Calvin didn't agree with everything you know, with Luther on ecclesiastical issues, but they were all united under the gospel, and they were all in opposition to Rome encountering the gospel. See, that was their primary focus. And so even though they were brothers in Christ who disagreed on ecclesiastical issues, such as how to fold the laundry, they agreed that they were brothers united in Christ and that they were in opposition to the one who opposed Christ, the one who was trying to replace him. Right, and you know that I mean I know who to point you to. I know exactly who to point you to. You want a good history lesson, and a good Bible lesson on who Antichrist is. I know who to point you to. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, I know who to point you to. You know, in regards to you know uh, proper distinction between law and gospel. You know, and how to uh, practically apply the gospel to your life and what God is revealing to us in Scripture. You know. In that regard, so there there are many faithful teachers and preachers out there, and some of them are still caught up in some some stuff that we pray God deliver them from, and and we hope that God might even use us, you know, that by by telling the truth and by presenting our case according to Scripture and with you know again with the strong mighty branches of our Protestant heritage that they can be corrected, you know, but to simply re- disregard them. And to simply cast them aside as if God is unable, and I don't even have to use that one if that if that sounds offensive. I could say to cast them out as if it's not possible that they might hear the truth and come to understanding because they are in fact united by the gospel. That, that's the key thing. We have to we have to keep our our wits about us, even though things are getting kind of hairy, things are getting bad. We have to keep our wits about us. And recognize that we walk by faith, that things might get tumultuous, that persecution might get severe, but God is in control, and he has united his body, and there is a remnant, a faithful remnant, who are not perfect law keepers, but are found pure and blameless, being cloaked in the righteousness of Christ under the gospel. 
God is good, and he is delivering his people, and he is in control. He is a good father, and he is correcting his children as he sees fit, not as we see fit. We might want big brother or little sister to get in trouble a little sooner. God is in control, and he will deal with them. And we just simply get to tell the truth. We get to present the gospel. We get to even be corrected. Uh, I need that more than anything. You know, that, this, is the, this is Christian living. And again, uh, before we close, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I can ramble for four hours, man. So, but let's not conclude without reading Philippians 2. Okay. Uh, because that'll kind of summarize some of this, but I didn't mean to take it. I didn't mean to take it from you or anything like that. But no, that's all right. That's, that, that's, that's important to distinguish. You know, we have to say that yes, there are some people who don't know this stuff, and that's why we ought to share it, and why we ought to do so with gentleness and with patience. Patience, meaning, hey, bro, you're going to come around. I'm praying for you. You got to come to, you know. But again, if they're preaching a different gospel, no. Uh, they get marked from the get-go. And so I hope people are asking, well, what is the gospel? Uh, hopefully that, those are the emails you start getting. Well, what does he mean by the gospel? You know, what, what does that mean? You know, so hopefully that's what you start getting next. But th- that's important to distinguish here, is that we do have brothers and sisters in Christ who have not yet been shown this, but we by faith know and believe that God is doing it according to his will. He's, he's going to deliver and and all that when he desires to. And anyway, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, so you want to do Philippians or Ephesians? Uh, Philippians 2. Okay. And let's see. Um, let me pull up the King James Version here. Okay. So Philippians 2, and I'm just going to read the chapter. So that the, the context, not necessarily starting at the beginning of the chapter, is always context, but uh, right. I, I just want to read the chapter through and let it speak for itself. All right. I mean, I, I might make a few comments, but I'll try and restrain myself. Okay. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each, other, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. By the way, that is for us. <laughs> Even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of, the, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, capital L-O-R-D, God, Yahweh, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, 
get ready for it. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I got a comment on this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Have faith that God is able to do the very work that he desires in you. That means he will bring to you what he wants to bring to you. He will take from you what he wants to take from you. Have faith. God is good. Okay? God is good to us. And we, we are working at our salvation in this sense, in the context of what, what is being you know, presented to us here in Philippians, is that with respect to who Christ was and what he did and his obedience, see the objective source pointing to Christ, what he's done, who he was, right. God in the flesh. It's, we're being pointed to Christ in this text. And we're being told to remember in working out our salvation, the objective things. Now, some people will turn this passage into, hey, you better work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You better be afraid that if you're disobeying God, you're, that's an inward that's immediately going back to idol factory, you know, or inwardly looking upon ourselves, right? And that, all you're going to find there is condemnation. I guarantee it. That's, what, that's why the law is written upon your heart, to condemn you. That's why there's no such thing on the planet Earth as an atheist. Now, he may profess to be one, but that's about all he can do with it. And there isn't anything more foolish than, profess that to, than to profess there is no God. Why? Because we know, and we stand condemned. So, back to the passage here. We're being pointed to Christ as the means of working out our salvation and, what, and how he did all that was necessary. Now I'm starting to kind of extrapolate, so let me get back to the text here. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We can rest in that. We can trust him. Okay, now, do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights of the world in the world, holding forth the word of life. Who is that? Who is the word of life? That I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Now that should be a rest for some people who have been laboring in vain. Okay? We put our faith in Christ, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, by God's will and His grace alone, for his glory alone. And that's why when we're laboring and we're striving and we're murmuring and we're beating each other up, we're not, this is Paul saying, look, chill out. Okay? Anyway, again, I'm extrapolating, so going back here. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. What a selfless thing to say. Wow. So we can see evidence here of God the Holy Spirit speaking through this man in this text. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy, I joy, and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. I mean, this, this, what are we taking joy in? What are we rejoicing in? You know, that, this needs to be what our eyes are being pointed to constantly and because it's so easy to get our right off, you know, right off, you know, instead of lifting, lifting up Christ as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, instead of lifting him up, we start looking away to other things. And the text here isn't saying, hey, you know, you better do or else. No. 
No, that's not what we're being told here. We're saying to look to Christ. Right. And that is what's going to put us in perspective. That's what's going to put us in, well, subjection and bear fruit in what's being laid out here in the text. And, and you know, the rest of the chapter is essentially a kind of a closing remarks and kind of an instructional thing uh, for the church, you know, there with Timothy and Aphrodite. We can read all that, but essentially what I wanted to get through is these, these uh, 19 verses here. You know, right. that, that's, you know, is it extremely powerful or something or, you know, no, but I, I think it might be encouraging for, for some people to understand that, you know, again, and taking in line with the fruits of the spirit and all that, that there's a proper way to handle what we've been given, you know, that, that knowing what we know and, and some of it, we're still going to have to shed, you know, some of it that isn't right. But a lot of this truth that, that we certainly know is not only backed up historically, but is backed up biblically. You know, we get to walk with that truth and delight in it and point everyone to Christ with it. And, uh, and, and anyway, I, I don't mean, I don't want to start rambling again. I read the text. There it is. You <laughs> take it from here, Michael. <laughs> well, it's good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I mean, what else is there? I mean, that's the only hope I have, the only joy I have, the only answer that I can find is that it is Jesus. It's putting our faith in him, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the answer. So, come all. Well, can I, he's, can he's, I sum it he's, up like he's the he's all the that is the answer. There's nothing that we can do that can somehow supplement anything that we can do to somehow to even think that we can do something diminishes disrespects what he's done for us we have to put our whole faith in him and i know it's a hard thing for most of us to do i know i struggle with it um because of who i am um and uh, you know that I, but you know what? I mean, the miracle of miracles is that I even I, I have faith in Jesus Christ. Something I prayed for a ton. You know, I didn't pray for you know. Can I keep the Sabbath day perfectly? I prayed for. Can I have faith? Can you give me faith, God, in Jesus Christ? I never going through life, most of my life, I mean, let's face it, I'm 47, so the first 45 years of my life, I didn't have it. So uh, I remember in my 30s and in my 20s driving around and saying, you know, God, what? And, and I wasn't even, th- you know, the furthest thing from me was, you know, the Bible and God and Christ and all that, even praying. But I remember going, th- like driving down the road and, and just asking, God, why... Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? I mean, I, there's not, I'm, I mean, I didn't have a conversation for a decade with anybody about it. Literally, there was nobody. I didn't listen to their, you know, any kind of religious radio station or anything. And I, it, but it was in my head, and <clears throat> uh, no one ever taught me the gospel. I'm only now figuring out what the gospel even is. So, so, so back then, you know, we're talking now. You know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why would you do that? Why? Why? You know, because now I'm so grateful that, 
<laughs> he did pay for our sins, and you know he did raise from the dead, and he is coming back, and that he did give us a way out, and he is our we have a savior because I spent the majority of my adult life trying to fix myself and make myself perfect, and it was an absolute failure. And then I had to go, I guess, another round with the Sabbath thing myself. And I understand why people on the sh- that have been following the show are disappointed with me because they're in, they're in that same mindset that I was a few months ago. But for the grace of God, I go I, and I, he's woke me up. So, and so, and I, I don't know if that's even helping, but I, I, I guess the thing is, folks, is that you know what I'm putting my I put all my my eggs in one basket. Jesus Christ. I'm not putting it in myself. I'm not putting it in uh, a day of the week. I'm not putting it to the old law. I'm putting it in Jesus Christ. It makes so You're probably going to get some. Yeah, you're probably going to get some emails for using an Easter analogy there. I know. But, but, uh, just, just a heads okay. up. All my our, all my marbles in one bag, okay, or one basket, whatever they call it. <laughs> I don't know what they call, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, the thing is, is that I'm I'm just teasing. No, you're, you're probably right. I, 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 will, I probably will get something about it. But uh, <clears throat> the thing is, is that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm coming down to realize. And people say, well, that's just too simplistic, or you're copping out, or you well, whatever, you want to feel that way. But, I mean, there is a better way, and that way is Jesus Christ. And if I let go of my self-righteousness and let go of my thinking that I can have that I am even close to being at par with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of God, then, you know, it, it doesn't make life well, pray, a lot pray. easier. It makes life a pray, lot pray. easier. Go ahead. Well, you just made a big, you made a big, huge point there with about self-righteousness. And I would say that, you know, pray it the way that David prayed it. You know, David was praying doctrines, singing doctrines in the Psalms, you know, strip me of my self-righteousness. You know, because it, see, I don't even want to let it go. You know, it, it's too hard for me to let it go. I, I, you know, I've done some good things, right? You know, and it's, it's hard for us to lay those things down. Our prayer ought to be, God, strip me of my self righteousness, because I want to hold on to it bad. You know, what, what did Jesus ask? Um, I forget who it was. But I'm sure, I'm sure everyone listening will understand what I'm pointing to. When Jesus said, you know, do you, do you, uh, do you believe? And he said, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, that 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 is the prayer of a sinner. You know, I believe that Christ helped me with my unbelief. I want to let go of my self-righteousness, but I need you to, I need you to strip me of it because I, I want my dead flesh wants to cling to it. And that, you know, you know, uh, you you know, that's kind of, that's how pride works. That's how sin works. We want to hang on to the things that hold, that make us comfortable. And, And instead of trusting in what Christ has done to give us that assurance, when we start clinging to our law keeping to give us that assurance, guess what? It's kind of a roller coaster ride because sometimes you're, you're keeping the law really well and other times you're stinking at it and you know it. And even if you're faking everyone else out, you know it. You know it deep down you're faking it, that you're not keeping the law as you ought to. And so if you're holding to that as your rest, if you're holding to that as your hope, it's going to fail you big time. But resting in Christ and his words and, it's, there's no peace or rest in that. Nope. Especially if you've got Christ working in you, you're gonna, he's gonna, it's gonna condemn you completely. You're gonna be like, man, I'm a phony, I'm a liar, I'm a fake. I'm, <laughs> what the heck am I doing? I'm, you know, or worse, I'm really good at this. 
that's the worst place to be is when you start actually buying your own, you know, your own, you start buying what you're selling. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. When you start thinking that you're actually good at it, let me tell you something. There is no one righteous. No, not one. There is no person who can keep the law as good as my savior Christ did. And it doesn't mean that we are now turned away from the law. No, we're actually turned back towards the law properly. And how are we keeping that? Well, we've been set free. So now we're keeping that in, a, in, a, in, in an inward fashion. In other words, we're, we're keeping that without the selfish motive of, right, of self-righteousness, without the selfish motive of, you know, um, uh, showing off or whatever you want to, you know, in other words, I've got to do this, otherwise God's going to be mad at me, or I've got to do this so that people will think I'm really godly. You know, both are twisted. And that, you want to be free from that? You, you're heavy laden and burdened with not only your own sins, but, you know, your own self-righteousness, bring them. Bring them and lay them down, right? So, uh, Romans 12.1, you know, living yeah. sacrifice right there. So anyway, well, yeah, yeah, you're making great points. And I, and I, I do wrestle, I wrestle with this I, 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 me, me, me thing. So, you know, and... Um, I think you just described all of mankind right there. <laughs> well, you know, well... So, you know, as far as, you know, before we end the show here, folks, you know, anybody here is this, you know, I I apologize if I offended anybody for using somebody like Chris White, but I have to forewarn you that I probably will keep on doing stuff like that in the future, as I've done in the past. I mean, a fine example would be like, uh, well, Tom Ferris and York. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't agree with I didn't agree with a lot of the things that they but I still agreed with some of what they were saying, so I you know I I feel that that's I guess I I don't know, if I look at it like a guy like Chris White and that's somebody you don't know anything about, Ryan, but um Am I, you know, working on my own self-righteousness, my own judgmentalness, and this whole thing about, you know, because it'd be really easy to just say, and which I've done quite a bit, to say, well, you know, these guys, this guy is so wrong about this, this, and that. There's no way I can, in any way, appear like I'm supporting that person. But the more and more I think about it, it's like, that's just really stupid because, you know, the guy had something really brilliant to say. If you get a chance to listen to the show, you or, you know, check out the video yourself, you're going to realize the guy did a really good job. Now, he kind of sabotaged it towards the end and he started doing his little future, his dispensational futurism thing. But you know what? God has given me, and I hope people like, well, I know you, and other people who are listening to the show to be able to to discern that which is the truth and that which is just nonsense. So anyways, if I've caused any confusion, please forgive me. It's not my intentions. My intentions is to share the truth with people. And I am not gifted right now, maybe never, as far as explaining the difference between the old law, the Mosaic law, and the new, you know, the old covenant and the new covenant and all that. This guy, he's been gifted to do that, so that's why I shared it. Not because I'm trying to cause any confusion, but um, for whatever. Well, and we pray oh, that yeah. we pray that God bring faithful preachers and teachers to you that you can share those things, you know, because 
you know that i mean that's the important thing is yeah you you might have to come back on and say hey i i had somebody on that maybe i shouldn't have had on or i agree with some of what they said but they kind of went off over here and took a turn and that's that's no good i mean that's all part of, i mean not only do we do that ourselves but but so do other people and with the kind of show that you have is nothing but the truth and your your journey to find it you know our prayer is always that that god bring down his enemies and that he exalt the truth and that he exalts Christ in the world. That's that's always our prayer that he bring down the Antichrist and that he push the gospel forward. But we also pray thy will be done. You know, in your timing, Father, we trust you according to your will, as you see fit, you know, in our own personal lives, on your show, Michael, you know, in, in the world. You know, yeah. it, it's a it's a simple it's a I'm gonna have people on it that you find out later, oops, maybe Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, but at the same time, we pray that God bring you to faithful preachers and teachers. And they are out there. They, I'm telling you, they're out there. You know, and the guy I mentioned earlier, Dr. Stephen Dilbe, uh, he doesn't have a big church. In fact, I doubt anyone who is listening has even heard his name, you know, but that's my point. They're out there, but we have to pray that God... You know, bring him to us for our benefit. How, how do you spell and, his last uh, thing? <clears throat> you know, C I L D A Y. Exactly how it sounds. Bill Day. We'll check it out. Could be some good, some good stuff. So he you know. preaches. He preaches against Antichrist. He he preaches against the Romish ceremonies and and Holy Day festivals known as Christ Mass and Easter. I mean, he. He properly distinguishes man-made holy days. Um, he he does, but he also he he preaches all the whole counsel of God, you know. Sure. And mind you, he is a he is a pastor, so that's kind of his role. That's his responsibility. Not everyone does that. Richard Bennett doesn't preach the whole counsel. He uses the whole counsel to, you know, pretty much fulfill his ministry and his his calling to expose Rome and all that. So this isn't a condemnation on any one aspect. It's just we are we have to rebuke the the, mis, the misleadings and the kind of the leaning in the opposite direction, as well as what I sense or not sense, but you know what is kind of obvious here um, that you're trying to throw out there. Look, like I'm going to have people on here that maybe don't have all the puzzle pieces put together yet, but they have some things put together, and you know. By faith, we, we know that God can show them all at once if he wanted to. So, you know, we just, some people are going to be right about some stuff that we don't agree with and the other way around. So, yeah, guarantee. That's like, that is a guarantee. And I don't think some people think, <laughs> I mean, so far, if anybody, um, I mean, the only person, people that so far that's been a guest on my show that I haven't really had a an issue Yet, <laughs> but I'm sure I could find one. Be like you, or <clears throat> uh-oh, you know, J- no, I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? But you know, no, I mean, I, I, I'm masterful at finding a flaw in anybody. So, um, except myself, uh, or James, or James Japan, or something like that. You know, but everyone else. Uh, let's put it this way. For better or worse, everybody that's been on this show, except for you so far and uh, James, has put their foot in their mouth, including myself, and has said things that weren't right. 
and uh, <clears throat> we're in air. And so <clears throat> I guess I'm willing to be more forgiving than maybe I should be. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm wrong about that too. But uh, because I've, because of my own life experience and just to be on the show experience, because I've put my foot in my mouth so many times, I'm willing to be a little more forgiving at this point with somebody who says something that might be flat out wrong. If they're saying something that's right, you know what I mean? Especially if the, yeah. the bulk of it is right. And if it's, like you said, if it's revolving around the gospel and he's teaching the importance of Jesus and what Jesus did for us, got to put that first. I still have to put that first. I can't, you know. Properly properly distinguishing between law and gospel. You know, in other words, many will profess Jesus. They'll they'll sound biblical, but discernment comes, you know, through understanding the distinction of law and gospel. That's the key thing right there is how are they applying the gospel? Are they applying it as law or are they using it, you know, in conjunction with the law? Because that's the proper use of it. So, you know, you bring the law, you tell people who Antichrist is, you back it up with history and facts, but then you bring the gospel. You know, again, a good analogy is Richard Bennett. You yeah. know, uh, same thing applies for any any category in your life. You know, being a father, I can I can bring some law. I can condemn both you and I as fathers. But then I have to bring the gospel. And otherwise, it's not possible that you and I, you know, do anything. In other words, we can just be whipped for our shortcomings as fathers. But then what is what does the gospel then do? The gospel then brings us to repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and then we're able to bear fruit in keeping with that repentance. In other words, we have assurance through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, improving and dealing with our sin and shedding it and bringing <laughs> us, you know, into obedience. See, that it's a work of God in us. It's, it's a work of the person, the Holy Spirit in us, doing that work. So then when we see that we're doing these good works, they're not for God, but they're for the people he's ministering to through us. And that, that gives, not only sets us free, but it also gives us peace and assurance to know that I belong to him, that I'm being used by him, even in the most practical or, or mundane sense of the word. In other words, just being a father, just being a husband, and you know, not being the next, you know, great whatever just practically walking most of christianity is very ordinary and i think what the flesh doesn't like about historic christianity and why so many people have gone off into their own imagination and their own fables and spiritual mysticism and entertainment and experience experiential this and that is because they're bored and it's the same thing that we see in the garden of eden god said it is good in fact he said it's very good and what did man want? He wanted more. And that is what the flesh naturally wants. But God has given us very chastened, very, we could say structured, as if it were to sound negative, but it's actually not. That's an order to things. And they're very chastened, even, the, even baptism. You know, that's something that our flesh gets to experience, you know, being, you know, baptized. We, we feel that, you know, we, we kind of, we can even get a little emotional about it. But, it, but it's a very chastened thing. And same with the Lord's Supper. You know, it's a very chastened thing. And we begin to realize that God is chastening the flesh, you know, and while he's spring. So, you still there? For what purpose? Yeah, did I lose you for a minute? 
Yeah. Well, we probably should probably should end it anyways. We've been going at it okay. now for uh, a good hour and a half, almost hour forty minutes over that actually. So yep. <laughs> we were supposed to keep this yep. short, but it didn't end up short. So I really do appreciate you spending the time with me, Ryan. Uh, I appreciate the, the fact that you're willing to. Uh, return my call today and we were able to talk earlier and then to share some of your insights because I think uh, we have a lot to share. Um, very impressed, actually, <laughs> for whatever it's worth. And uh, it's, this is not vain flattery. Not, not vain flattery. I, I do appreciate it. So. Um, but, um, yeah. Well, I enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for having me and have a good night and uh, you know, yeah. thank you. Yeah, save me. Hold on, just hold on a little bit. So, but I'm just gonna end the show. Uh, don't, okay. hang up, don't hang up with me yet. So, but anyways, folks, I hope you you got something out of this. I know I did, and um, we'll move on from here. And uh, yeah, well, thanks again, once again, uh, Ryan, for sharing what you shared. So, God bless everyone. Take care. Well, I gotta try to terminate this. <clears throat> For some reason, it freezes up on me so much. I like every time. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.